Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. Taxes never go away, they just seem to change. And with a new administration in Washington, you can expect that to continue. The Biden White House is on track to propose some changes. And Jeff Green and Lauren Smith are here on the Green Zone to talk about what those changes could mean to you. Patrice, like they say, tax codes are written in pencil. That's one of your favorite sayings. And it's one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> well, it's so true. It's going to change per administration almost assuredly, right? So we've had now a change of administrations, and we have now the Biden proposed tax plan. And it's a big one. And I want to I want to preface this by saying, first of all, everything we're going to talk about is only proposed. It's conjecture, right? So it's nothing that's written in stone. And just my own personal opinion, I obviously I, I say obviously I don't see any tax changes being made in 2021. You're coming out of a pandemic and a recession. Very very tough to push a tax change through as major as this tax change. And we're talking about a hundred years of tax precedent being changed right now. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. So I don't see that in 21. And quite frankly, I'm starting to think that we're not going to see it in 22. And here's why. And again, this is just my opinion. And the reason is it's an election year, and tax hikes never. They don't sell well. They don't go well for politicians who who raise taxes. And it's the congressional election year, right, Patrice? So, you mm-hmm. know, I think there may be some pushback on raising taxes as dramatically as the proposals that we're about to, to lay before you. So I'm not so sure we're going to see this in 21 or now in 22. Thoughts, don't we, don't we have some changes that are definitely coming in 23? Mm, like what? Wasn't that the the package that was put through under President Trump and at an expiration of 23? Or was that 26? I thought it was 25 or 26. Yeah. Okay. Was, okay. I'm, I'm speeding up the clock then. Now, that's ahead. fine. That's the expiration <laughs> of the Trump tax changes. Right. Right. Yes. So that's on the books, but I don't, I don't think that we'll get to that point. Without other changes. Without other, right. Without other changes. Okay. Being made gotcha. First. So there you go. So anyway, Biden's focus here is really to reward work over wealth. And that's how you're going to see these significant changes come about. And by the way, the tax planning will have to change with that. And we'll mention a couple of little things to consider along the way. But the biggest thing that you have here is the increase in top ordinary income tax rate from 37%, which is, that was the Trump change to down, dropped down to 37% to 39.6%. So again, this Part of the plan is also one of the most confusing parts of the plan because we don't know who it actually applies to. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been made clear. Is it uh, families with $400,000 or income, as has been suggested, or those who have $523,000 in income and are currently subject to the 37% highest tax bracket? We really don't know, what, wh- you know where this is going to fall. The threshold at 39.6 would kick in for single payers married filing jointly. It's just, it's still unclear as to what that's going to be. Is it going to be the 523,000 or for single and then 600, I think of the number 628,300 for married filing jointly. So 
that remains to be seen. And then there was also when they had previously proposed that those making over 400,000 might have to pay an additional 12.4% of social security tax. And of course that's split between the employer and the employee, but that would be on income over 400,000. We haven't heard much about that recently, but that has been something that was kind of thrown out there in initially. Yeah. And social security is a whole other topic, but certainly you'll see an increase on some taxation in that. But one of the things to consider there, and again, this is, it's all conjecture, but if you're worried about taxes going, I think 21 is pretty much taken care of for no tax hike. I think we can safely say that we're in, what are we, June yeah. now? So halfway through June. Halfway. So we're recording this on June 15th? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's tax day today. It is right? tax day. No, what, happy an tax- what an appropriate, <laughs> um, appropriate podcast. Right. If you're worried about taxes going up in 22, and this is easier said than done, but try to move income more into this year, into 2021 versus 22. That way you can reduce your overall income and maybe save a a tax bracket or two along the way. QCDs. Yeah, pretty much any strategy that can start to bring income down. Opening a retirement plan and making contributions, opening profit shares or defined benefits plans, bunching your deductions, Consider qualified charitable distributions if you're over 70 and a half. There's a lot of different ways that you can work to bring income down, which is especially becomes important in times when tax rates are rising. And if you're selling a business, maybe sell it this year versus next year. If you need to sell it next year, there's installment plans that can be done. There's different strategies that you can look at. Consult your CPA, your tax professional. There's some strategies out there that you can use to help you know, potentially reduce some taxes. Along the way, Roth IRA conversions, I think, Lauren, you and I harp on these all the time. We were having a conversation with a client yesterday. And so much with us in planning is we have to plan for what we know right now. And so this is part of the conversation we had yesterday with this client. We know where the tax brackets are today. So the best we can do is plan for Roth conversions. We don't know what that's going to look like in the future. So he said, you know, well, what if I just, what if I don't do conversions and I defer my taxes to later? And that's okay. You can do that. But what are taxes going to be later? Right. We could have 10 different tax changes between now and the end of his retirement. And all you know is what you know today. Right. So we have to act today. And that's why we constantly, with our planning, we look at plans every year because things that are set in stone today might not be set in stone next year. So we're constantly looking at what's the most advantageous way to plan now for the long run. But when things change, we do a course correction. So we always have politicians to count on to make the, the planning more difficult for us or change it for us. So exactly. it always happens. And, the, and that's why I say tax codes are written in pencil. Our planning really is written in pencil too, if you, if you be quite honest about it, because you like you said, Lauren, I mean, we have to update these every year because it changes every year. And I think that's something people don't understand when they're doing financial planning. You know, oh yeah, I made a plan 10 years ago. I, I sat down, I looked, see, saw how much I needed to retire. I've got a plan. But so much can happen in a year, let alone 10 years. So Uh, that is why it is very important to do this on an ongoing basis with someone you trust. It's going to give you advice that you trust and you work on it together and you ask the hard questions. Do you want to pay taxes now in a situation where you know what's going on versus later where you might not know? There's a lot that goes uh, into it. Very well said. And if your plan, if your financial plan is over 12 months old, it's obsolete. Yeah, it really is. And they, they have to be rerun every year. Like this, the next change we're going to talk about, 
something near and dear to our heart, Lauren, capital gains. And this is really a big one. If with the, with the cap gains right now is 20%, right? It, at times. I mean, it can go anywhere from zero to 20%, so, depending on income. And there's a lot so of different factors. The highest rate, 20%. Yes. So currently the highest rate is 20%. Under the Biden proposal, he's taking that from 20% to 39.6%. Pretty big. Which Pretty big is high. a huge <laughs> jump. And by the way, not only that, you get to count on a 3.8% Medicare tax on top of that. So depending on where you fall, right? And again, this is still unclear as to who this is going to apply to, but the real rates would be if you're at 20%, that's 23.8% for singles making $445,850. And if you're married following jointly, that's numbers 501,600. But if you're at that at that income, then it's forty three point four percent. So you have that to look forward to. It's a lot. So capital gains. So again, so if you're worried about capital gains going up, think about taking some gains now. I mean, we've got clients, Lauren, with capital gains out the wazoo, and some of these gains may not even they may never sell, and they may pass those down which we'll get to next, the step up in basis, yep. which may go away. We'll get to that one in just a second. But if you're looking to sell some and, and realize some gains, I'd consider doing that this year if that's what you're going to do. Maybe you'll have time next year also. Again, depending on if and when the tax changes come about, the, the cap gains rate is a big one. And that's going to change stock up like the stock, you know, the companies issue restricted stock as, as bonuses all the time. But now, you know, you sell that stock, you're, the taxes you're paying are higher than ordinary income. So it may be that companies now start giving cash bonuses versus restricted stock. Yeah. I mean, anything's game, I guess, at this point. And another thing, you know, to do is pay more attention to tax loss and tax gain harvesting. Consider installment sales, funding retirement plans, accelerating your deductions, increasing business expenses really just leveling income as to not be in the highest bracket and not to exceed a million dollars in income threshold in future years. That'll help keep that potential tax capital gains percentage down. And towards this end, contributing towards traditional retirement plans instead of taxable accounts may make sense as you know capital gains are generated primarily in taxable accounts. So you've got your IRAs, your Roth IRAs. Those are ways to invest generate capital gains in the year, but not pay actual taxes on it because that's tax deferred. Right. And again, which we just mentioned was there's, there is talk of eliminating the step up in basis at death. And what that means is, let's say a parent or your grandparent owned bought Exxon, Exxon Mobil at $10 a share. It's trading now what mid sixties, right? So a step up in basis would mean at the death of that person, you're, you and you inherit that stock, your cost basis now is the cost it, it was the day that person passed. And there's a couple of different valuation dates to figure that out. But you know the main selling point on that is, so if you inherit it at the original cost basis and you go to sell that $60 share, you're now paying a capital gains of $50. The original 10 come off of the 60 but now if you get a step up in basis, you now own it at 60. So if you sell it at 61, your gain is only a dollar versus $59. Right, right. So that's a big deal, right? President Biden is talking about doing away with that. So no more step up in basis, potentially. 
it's really a million dollar per person exemption, which could be like portable between couples. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't apply to everyone then, but those with income over a million or or has the exemption. My hand is up here. I've got a quick question. Yes. If you were to receive that stock as an inheritance, is that not considered income? And should that not be taxed at an income rate? No, it's not considered income. But should it be? Well, you can call your local politician <laughs> and make your case. <laughs> no, but I'm just thinking it is, if it's income coming to you that you did not have before. It's part of the estate tax. It goes with the estate. And then when so it's it's a, an asset that you inherit. And then when you go to sell it because it is an, an equity or, or you, it, you have to, there's the cost basis that goes with it. And then it's, it used to be you just had a step up in basis. Right. You know, if, uh, you, when you inherit it, it becomes your cost basis becomes that cost. And now that may, uh, uh, up to certain points, may be eliminated and done away. Right. Now, I understand all that. I can just, I'm just thinking maybe there'll be some politicians out that would argue you, you're seeing this as it's, it's a new income for you, and therefore you should be taxed at such and such a rate. Anyways, you say it's something that. I need to go to my politician and ask about. Well, that or your attorney or state planning attorney, because <laughs> you know, there's ways that we can get around this to some degree. But really, there's so many changes that are going on here. A, it's hard to keep up with. And B, you used to have a unified gift and a state tax exemption that I think is around $11.7 million or so now. And that's going to be reduced to about $3.5 million. Potentially. Potentially. Now that's for individuals. That's individuals versus the twenty three point four exemption now exactly, it, right. uh, for married couples that could be reduced to seven million. Yes, so that's a big deal. Yeah. Again, you know these are huge, huge proposed tax changes. So, and all of this, as we mentioned, is proposed, but because there's so many changes that are being thrown around out there, that's why it's so important to at least start the conversation and be thinking about it. Because even if just one of these passes. It's a big change, and it's a change to the way things have been done, the way planning's been done. You could have built your whole financial plan around passing on to heirs based on the step up that they're going to receive at your death, and that could go away. And maybe it's important to you to not leave a huge tax burden to your heirs, or maybe it's not. There's a lot of things to consider. (laughs) That conversation we had yesterday with the client, uh, his comment was, I really don't care if they pay taxes or not. But it's just (laughs) interesting because everybody's different and the things that, you know, what to you might not matter to someone else. And to some people, it's very important to... Lauren, you know, I've had so many conversations with different clients. Some are like, yes, I want my heirs to not pay tax. I want to make sure that's taken care of. I want the Roth conversions and make sure that they're inheriting tax-free and they make sure there's, you know, something left for them at the end of the day. And then others are like, no, you know what? They can go earn their own. Something to think about is the financial stability of the heirs. If the heirs are earning high figures themselves, then you're tacking on significantly more income to the income they already have versus maybe if your heirs are kids that don't have any income, maybe there's something to be said for that also. There's a lot of angles to look at when you're talking about all this stuff. So those are the, Patrice, those are the the biggest proposed tax changes that are at the moment, at the moment. (laughs) I mean, by the time that this comes, this podcast comes out, all of these could not even, might not even be proposed anymore. We might have a new set. Maybe none of this goes through and things just stay the way they are. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hoping that somebody knows the difference between Syria and Libya along the way. So that's, that's the major changes that are out there. And Hey, I'll, well, I'll make this, this commitment to the listeners out there. 
when we actually see a change, when one of these proposals actually comes through, we'll come back on, we'll do a podcast that talks about the actual changes and what it means for you and, and how to plan means, yeah, for it. You, and, you know, all the, all the fun stuff surrounding. We'll have more definites. <laughs> we'll have, I hope it's not until 23 that we have the definite definites though. That'd be nice. Well, that's it's good. Nice. You'll have, you'll have the situation you know is better than the situation you don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, as you say, with Congress passing anything that may not even be a possibility at these, at this time. That's right. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Wait, it's a wait and see game. That's true. That's true. Jeff Green and Lauren Smith, thanks a lot. And folks, for updates on taxes and many other topics that could impact you, subscribe to this podcast, The Green Zone. Give us your feedback as well, and please share with others. Thank you for listening to The Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057 and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.